Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the award-winning Great Indoors is proud to come to the fabulous Las Vegas Convention Center, MWC 2022. Baby, let's make it amazing. Thank you once again, Frank. Yes, this is season five of TGI and here in Las Vegas at the GSMA's uh, biggest show in North America, we are proud to be the official podcast. I have been joined by a multitude of guests from across the industry the uh, last few days and uh, including, of course, my producer and co-pilot, Larissa Yee. Now, this is the eighth episode, can't believe it, featuring some of the incredible conversations that we captured at North America's biggest telecoms and technology show. And in this episode, I'll be speaking with some fascinating gentlemen uh, from ZenFi Networks and from NTT. So from ZenFi, we sat down with Ray Lachance, the co-founder and CEO of ZenFi Networks, and Mr. Walton Cannon, the Vice President of Business Development. And then I'll also be speaking with two senior leaders from NTT, Siam Manapali, the Solutions and Service Line Director at NTT Data Services, and Palm Sandhu, the VP of Enterprise and 5G Products and Services. Now, as you know, if you tune into this show, we speak a lot about bridging the digital divide and how a light was shone on that during the pandemic and beyond. Uh, so today's question is can high quality connectivity be a public service? So let's buckle up and get started. So my next guests on uh, the Great Indoors 2022 here from fabulous Las Vegas are Ray Lachance, co-founder and CEO of ZenFi Networks, and Walter Cannon, Vice President of Business Development at ZenFi. So, welcome to the uh, Great Indoors, gentlemen. Thanks for having us, man. Tell us a little bit about ZenFi, what you guys do, what your modus operandi is, um, and why you're at the show this week. Sure. So, ZenFi is a, um, a, a New York regional uh, digital infrastructure player. Uh, we provide fiber optic network, edge data centers, and wireless siting solutions. Uh, primarily focused at the mobile operators, traditional mobile MNOs, as well as the MVNOs, the virtual network operators. Yeah. We provide physical space power connectivity so they can place small cells on in the public right away on light poles, on street furniture, and, and the like. And we also uh, provide what we call virtual infrastructure is where we put our own radios up. Uh, today it's a Wi-Fi network that we provide offload and roaming services to mobile operators, both virtual and traditional mobile operators. So the offload services for the big guys that, that just need extra capacity. Right. And the uh, for the MVNOs that don't have physical infrastructure, they roam on our infrastructure. It's, uh, it's a pervasive citywide network. We're the only uh, public Wi-Fi network in, in Manhattan itself. Wow. And uh, we operate uh, a couple thousand access points today, and uh, we have a plan to grow that to over over four to five thousand over the next uh, year to two years. So one other notable point, and Walter probably will expand on this, we uh, partnered up with uh, an entity called uh, Link or City Bridge or Link NYC. They're a pervasive. Uh, street furniture uh, uh, play in New York where they provide advertising kiosks on the street wow. and uh, at each one of those advertising kiosks we have fiber connections dark fiber connections and we have uh, Wi-Fi access points at, at each of them 
we struck a deal with the city of New York to allow us to put up 32-foot structures in the streets that are beautiful. They, you know, we call them the smarter smart poles, right? They're they're nice, elegant structures that have human interface for, so you can do, um, you know, lookups on, you know, passersby can stop at these things and they can use these tablets that are in integrated and there's advertising screens on them. So they're, they're great functional uh, assets for the city to, get public information out there as well as um, advertisers can advertise that's how we mon how it's monetized and then the Wi-Fi uh, piece the expansion there is we're moving to a 5g uh, infrastructure using these uh, these assets in the public right away so that's an interesting um, uh, project that we've been really focused on for the past uh, wow. year or two Walter is heavily involved in the digital equity piece of this or, or the uh, so maybe you could comment more on that. Yeah, so what we're trying to do is to make, take advantage of the platform, this platform that we've created. Um, when we initially set out to create uh, the company ZenFi, we created a platform that had to be integrated, space power and connectivity. And now we're start, starting to expand on that through this Link NYC platform that's been attached on top, that's riding on top of it. Right. One of the biggest things that we're doing is we're um, creating what we call gig centers, which is basically free Wi-Fi in a social center throughout the one in every borough of New York City. Right. And it's available to the public, no one, no one pays for it. It's there. Some of the facilities run 24 hours. Wow. Um, we are also working with um, digital community leaders to um, promote programming. So that we just didn't put up free Wi-Fi in, in a hotel somewhere. So we actually are promoting programming, um, working with them to go after federal and state funding to act, actually have real programming. We've done a lot of this all on our own, um, helping to support them and, and have programs. But, but it's been small, it's sporadic. We want right. to have a daily process going. Because there's a lot of resources that are out there that can help start planning some, uh, curing some of the issues that we see in the digital divide. Yeah. But it's really all about the knowledge and the access to it. And a lot of people don't act, have access to it. So we're also working with them to promote these, this programming on the actual Link NYC structure so they can run ads. We've right. done ads that are focused in, let's say, the Bronx or in Brooklyn or in Queens or citywide ads um, that's available for any, any um, small community, whether it's, wow. a, it's a bodega or, yeah. you know, or, or a social programming. Yeah, you yeah. Use them. So we, we use it to promote that yeah. as well. Wow, that's fascinating. That's incredible. Yeah. So you're providing free Wi-Fi in New York City, but you're also using the infrastructure with the ads to promote social initiatives to, to, that, to go hand in hand with that. Yes. That, that's right. And, you know, I think some of the stats are really important. We've had 11 million users register to use the free Wi-Fi system. Wow. So that, that's pretty significant. And, and last month we had about 5 million Wi-Fi sessions across the network. We do, right now we're up to uh, about one and a half petabytes a month of traffic across our network, which wow. is really significant. You know, it's eight, we expect to grow to the, the year going forward of 18 yeah. petabytes of, uh, of data. It's a lot of traffic and it's right. you know, provided as free. The way we monetize it is, you know, we give away the free Wi-Fi and we provide this, for instance, the ad support that uh, yeah. it was for small businesses and as part of the uh, community equity, you know, we call them equity areas where we're trying to uh, mm -hmm. support uh, the digital divide initiatives. Um, 
but the uh, the and then we monetize it through roaming and offload. Oh, okay, right. So, and, yeah, along with that, do you get government support to enable? We do not. To... It's a private, uh, public-private partnership. Right. We actually pay the city for yeah. the right to do this. Oh, right. right. They wow. they they collect. Our our consortium has paid the city uh, somewhere north of sixty million dollars in the past you know, five, six years right. for the right to do this. So we have to monetize it, of course, to pay yeah, those, yeah, fran yeah. they're called franchise fees. Yeah. Wow. And, and obviously there's a lot of buzz at this show this week, particularly about 5G. I mean, you can't get from 5G anywhere. How does 5G change your business model? That's a, um, it's a, it's a core fundamental piece of the why we're in business. We started again with space power and connectivity, you know, light poles, front hall fiber back to a colo, and then back hall back to core, yeah. set, you know, uh, command and control. That was the fundamental business we got in. We did this initially for 4G infrastructure, but with an eye on how this is going to morph into a 5G infrastructure. So those, those underlying elements create a supporting uh, environment for the big operators to put their small cells out and their antennas out. Our product, Link 5G, that this new tower, the 32-foot tower, has got yeah. five transmission bays up top. Um, at the you know the 30-foot rad center, it's it's really uh, focused on millimeter wave radios. We right. have a antenna for shared yeah. antennas in, in, in there. We have spots for other integrated radios or split radios. We have equipment bays. It's really packed with technology and and space and interesting. Uh, our goal is to have one of these on every corner or yeah. every, every, you yeah. know, every few street corners, where the the mobile operators can host all their gear, and it's all it's all 5G gear if we can get it. There's supply right. chain issues, you know, nobody. Yeah, 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 but yeah. once we, you know, as it comes in, we're we're it's really 5G focused. Awesome. So that front hall fiber goes back to Colos, where they do baseband processing. You know, the typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, infrastructure. and obviously you, you monetize this and it sounds fascinating but one of the things I met two people yesterday Dr. Kaisha King from T-Mobile who's all about bridging the digital divide uh, Jeff <coughs> Wang from AT&T who's tasked with that but is there do you think given what happened in COVID it shone a light on the digital divide do you feel now that there's an inherent obligation to serve these communities and the, the, I guess the question is it's no longer just about dollars and cents, right? There is a, a feeling that you're serving the greater good yeah. in those communities. And, and do you get feedback from them or the, or the communities? Yes. Yeah, really interesting. If you look at New York, 30% of New Yorkers don't have cell service or broadband service in their homes. Wow. Yeah. So there's a, there's a huge digital, um, digital divide in New York. And this is something that the initiative, the partnership we got in with the city to do this, uh, this Link NYC initiative, was really focused on closing the digital divide, right? So they said, look, we'll let you do this, we'll let you monetize it, but we want you to go to what we call equity areas or, or uh, underserved communities. And if you're going to build in Midtown Manhattan, you're going to do Four, you do one in Midtown, and you're going to do four in the underserved communities. Uh, oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So yeah, you, yeah. we have to do 740 sites. We're, we've committed to build 2,000 more sites. There's about it's going to be about 4,000 in total because we've built over 2,000. Right. Um, the next 2,000, 80 percent of them, or not actually 90 percent of them, are outside of Manhattan or, or in, uh, above 96th Street in Manhattan, where where mm -hmm. they. There are equity areas, and the other the other boroughs, right? So the the deal we made 
is the byproduct of us being able to monetize is that we're building in the under the areas that there's only the see uh, the the ILAC, you know Verizon's there and yeah, the cable yeah. operator might be there but none of the other fiber operators have built there there's no very yeah, little yeah. infrastructure now do we like it yes we, we're starting to love this we're loving yeah. the support we're getting from the from the politicians Walter's been really instrumental in, in working with the communities and the community districts to get support we've had uh, you know press events with with the mayor where people have turned out and like thanked us on, uh, on yeah, you know yeah. on the news the news has interviewed people and they've thanked us for what we're doing yeah, yeah. because we've had commentary from people saying look I don't have a cell phone I don't have um, broadband in my house I'm using the link that's out on the street to connect with their their iPad that they, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. and that's their only means of connectivity so we're getting a lot of support on this thing it's well, really yeah, interesting we actually Amazing. have had people come in and say they're getting it in their house right you know, they, okay. they've, our they've service from the street yeah, yeah, into yeah, wow. their house and, in their apartment and they're like yeah, it's not going away. It's not going. No, yeah, no way. the ultimate cord cutting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I think uh, if you know, with these inflationary pressures we see, and I think everyone would appreciate that for yeah. sure. Yeah. You're working in New York City. Are you seeing? demand or potential other opportunities in other cities across the United States that you're looking at? Yeah, of course. And so we're not just in New York City. We're northern New Jersey and New York okay. City. It's a it's a right. huge market, though, with the density, right? right? A, yeah. lot, a lot of people. You know, and I always used to say, when we're done with New York, we'll move on to these other markets. The reality is that uh, we just signed a deal in, in um, July to sell our business to BAI Communications. Right. They're a global infrastructure player right, which okay. I assume you know yeah. they own uh, you know wireless infrastructure and transit systems in the public right away and venues right. were a nice fit for them yes, uh, for their yeah. US operations right. so we, we signed that deal in July which closed we're hoping fingers crossed close by the end of the year they loved our model in New York and um, there's going to be great opportunity to take it across the country and across the globe. Frankly, they're, yeah, in, no, they're exactly. in Asia, they're in yeah, Europe, yeah, they're yeah. they're obviously in Australia, yeah, they're yeah. they're they're in, in the U.S. So wow. uh, we're very excited because what we're doing in the dense urban canyons of New York City will work in other cities that have you know maybe not the same density but density that have the same challenges because 5G doesn't work from a macro rooftop or a, a tower site in a dense urban mm -hmm. environment. You have to get close to the user. You have to yeah, get street yeah, level, yeah, yeah. street yeah. level with fiber and pole top installs and they're every block. Yeah. You can't do it the way you do in the suburbs and in, in yeah, rural environments. They need our CRAN infrastructure and they need our expertise to put assets on the street in the public right away. Yeah. Right. Wow, excellent. And what have you guys seen at the show this week that's been interesting for you guys? Anything? I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it's not, a, it, it, not necessarily a great question for me either because I, I did get here uh, yeah. yesterday, last right. night. Yeah. But I, I do know what I'm going to look What I've always done with Mobile World, and I, specifically in Barcelona. I mean, yeah. I love, Walter and I have been going to Barcelona for that show for 12, yeah. uh, you know, uh, 12 years or so. Yeah. And we haven't missed it. And we always look for new emerging technologies and things we could bring to our market. And we found things at Mobile World that we've, you know, brought back to our our, our offices, batted around the technology, and adopted. 
and have deployed. And many of the things that we're doing within our organization came from things we found in, ah, in the mobile world. Right. So, you know, this used to be CTIA, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we look at it as the tech show. The, the show, we don't go to see customers. We go to see vendors and we right. go to learn about technologies. Yeah. And then we we use other shows for going to see customers. Yeah, right? yeah, this, yeah. Absolutely. This is our, our R&D show, yeah. really. No, and it's good that it's back in Las Vegas, right? I mean, yeah. it was in L.A. the last uh, yeah. couple of years. Yeah, and I don't, yeah. It was always a difficult city with accommodation and the traffic and everything, but it's, it's great to be here. So look, I really enjoyed the conversation. It's fascinating what Great. you guys are doing. Uh, I finish now with uh, the multiple choice uh, uh, TGI <laughs> to go round, and this just is a bit more of fun, right? I'm gonna ask you the same question, and you just give me your preference, okay? Oh boy. TGI to go. First question, Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? Dean Martin. I'm a Dean Martin guy. That's it. That's amazing. No one said Dean Martin yesterday, and everybody. I should said be Dean a Frank Sinatra because yeah. I, I'm from. I live in New Jersey. Okay. I'm from New Jersey, <laughs> right. I, I still like Dean Martin. But uh, you know, at three o'clock we have Frank Sinatra here singing. Oh. Yeah. People will be like the real Frank Sinatra. <laughs> like, yeah. there's, there's limits our technology can take us. Um, but here's here's one local for you guys: Jersey Shores or Martha's Vineyard. Oh my God, that's easy, Martha's Vineyard. I wouldn't. I don't like either. <laughs> <laughs> He's a like Jersey a, guy too. Yeah. I don't. I've I'm been in Jersey Shore in 20, 30 years. I mean, uh, definitely, if I have to go somewhere, I'll go to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, I prefer the Caribbean, yeah. Brazil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even understand this next question, but you might gyro or pizza. Oh, gyro. Yeah. No, wait a minute. I'm a pizza guy though. Okay. I, what is gyro? A gyro. A, a hero. Yeah. Yeah. The oh. lamb sliced and the peanut. Oh, yeah. like a shawarma. Yeah, like a shawarma, but they like it's a kebab. strip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and no the, such thing as bad pizza. So yeah. pizza <laughs> I'm a pizza. I'm a pizza guy. Especially during COVID, I perfected my dough. Okay, nice. Yeah. Here's a Vegas-related one. Poker or blackjack? We have to say what poker, but I still prefer the odds are better in blackjack. I would say blackjack. Yeah. yeah. And are you going to get a chance to do play some blackjack while you're here? I will. I'm staying through the weekends. Oh, there you go. Looking there you go. Nice. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yep, yep. And our final question on TGI to go hiking or swimming? Can't smoke a cigar on either of those. Hiking, I guess. Yeah, cool. Hiking all the way. I love yeah. the outdoors. I love it. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining the great right, indoors. Thanks. Sounds Okay, so here we are, the great indoors back at MWC 2022 in Las Vegas, and I'm joined uh, by a couple of distinguished guests from NTT Data Services. So we have Sham Madampali, Solutions Service Line Director at NTT Data Services, and Palm Sandhu, who's a Group Vice President for Enterprise 5G Products, uh, and he'll explain a little bit more about that. But welcome to the great indoors, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Nice to talk to you again. Excellent. Um, so look, it's been a busy week. What have you seen, or, or what have you seen at the show, and, and what's happened in the last twelve months that's, that you have found most profound? First and foremost, it's it's nice to see the energy back. I mean, this is the you know first show for for many of us since uh, post the shutdowns have been yeah, sort yeah. of eliminated. 
Uh, last year it was very different. Uh, we were all wearing masks and, and things That's like right. that. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. nice to see people back together, getting together and talking about uh, you know, new innovation that's occurring in the industry. For for me, I think the most profound is that, you know, we're really now starting to see a lot about you know 5G. Last year, especially private cellular, private private wireless networks were more around you know pilots and, and thing. Now we're starting to see you know commercial deployments exactly. where companies exactly. are starting to see benefit and value, and the ecosystem on the on the devices is starting to definitely emerge and, and come forward. That, that's really what we're seeing because we're really starting to focus on uh, the business outcomes and insights. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I observed one thing, um, probably I should say this. People are talking about the um, digital divide and oh, yes. sustainability. Yeah. I think they're focusing their solutions more towards the citizens and society. I think it's a great shift. I mean, I'm mm. kind of very excited to see. I mean, all the companies talking about these two topics. No, yeah, I and mean, you know, on on the podcast this week we had uh, Dr. Kaisha King, who's responsible for uh, the digital divide and specifically education at T-Mobile, and Jeff Luang from AT&T, who's the president of there. And yeah, they're putting everything into it, and it's really admirable, and it's making a huge difference. Sure, I think. Digital divide is one of the things that we are doing. I'm sure Pam can talk about that. I yeah. think that's one of the topic for the Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, yeah. We, you know, we made the announcement. Uh, as, as you know, uh, Shahid Ahmed, our EVP, was on on stage at the um, uh, keynote yeah. with uh, the CIO of uh, City of Las Vegas, Michael Sherwood. And you know this this network, uh, private cellular network, the CBRS network that the city is is announced. Uh, NTT is, is working with them to expand that network, and and build that out, and and you know really bring services. And one of the key, you know, objectives of the city is to address the digital you know connectivity divide uh, for education, but also for um, citizens who need access internet access for digital healthcare. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, with, with all of what we're seeing coming out of the, hopefully out of this uh, pandemic is there's a lot of shortage of resources, people, staff, uh, how do you enable that, uh, you know, more giving them access to services with less, which you have to have, but you still continue to service. So, yeah. so that's why, you know, connectivity is, is even become more paramount yeah. for these. So addressing that and then also Looking at you know how do, how can you actually drive health outcomes so reduce the the, the burden on the healthcare system by yeah. you know making sure people can get their prescriptions and, and see the doctors even though they can't physically get there mm-hmm. you know that's an example same thing with students I think that's become now the norm of you know remote education or you know education at home to be able to you know uh, leverage what's already been gained and let's not go back right? yeah. so I think. I think that's a that's a very important part, and we were really proud to be part of the journey that the, the city is on. No, I, the, the announcement was incredible, and and being in this city the last few days, that there's a certain innovation, a certain innovative vibe, right? You've been on the uh, Las Vegas Loop, the you know, yeah. and, and I, this morning I met with the um, the company Halo Car that does an autonomous taxi service. They have the license for it in Las Vegas. You know, for you guys to be involved in, in building out a smart city and, and helping bridge uh, the, the digital divide here is is really cool. When do you plan to start and, and uh, how long is that project potentially going to roll for? 
Well, I think you know the the network's already live, um, and parts of it, and you know, in areas and key part, and you know, there's a so the project's starting now. Its expansion of of it is is key. So that's uh, you know, bringing services on, and these things take time. Our our team was out in. Uh, on Tuesday, I think we did a volunteer activity where we were setting up, you know, computers with modems. And <laughs> Titi uh, was out there with cool. the, for the kids, yeah. you know, and uh, just trying to get, you know, everyone set up with uh, internet, which is amazing, right? So, you know, you, you don't realize, you know, how difficult it is still today to get connectivity. You would think, you know, it's so much easier for everybody to just pick up the phone and, and call, but you know, there's a lot that has to happen before everyone can get it. So there's a trying to close that gap is is important. Yeah. And I think it's once you've got them the connectivity, I think the next stage from there is the adoption, right? So mm-hmm. they can, uh, you know, provide them the connectivity, but then it's encouraging the adoption, exactly. ensuring that they're comfortable with with what they need and how to use it, no. um, and that's key. Now tell us about the other announcement. Um, from you guys on IoT sustainability. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So um, sustainability is uh, now um, is very important for us. You know, as a society here, the reason is the carbon dioxide that we generate today mm-hmm. would be in the environment for hundreds of years. That means we are going to affect the future of our children. Right. I think all the businesses now understood this problem. And everybody kind of you know put certain goals for kind of you know meeting certain certain sustainability goals, right? So at NTT Data, I mean, we want to help those organizations how they can achieve their sustainability goals, especially how they can reduce their carbon emission, right? So as a company, NTT Data, I mean, we have the skill set all the way from the connectivity to cloud applications driving the insights and helping the businesses to optimize their operations. So we have the full stack capabilities. So this is the solution that you know we have announced wherein we'll be able to help the organizations bring their entire carbon inventory and then show what is their impact today on the environment in terms of the carbon dioxide equivalent. Mm-hmm. and then drive the insights to optimize their business operations so that they can reduce their carbon emission. Yeah. And of course, this is the, uh, the big solution in, the, in terms of, you know, involves lots of technologies. We require lots of partnerships. So we are working with Microsoft to kind of you know, develop an end-to-end solution and help the clients to reduce this carbon emission. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And again, it's another great example of tech for good. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the things I've seen throughout the show this week. Everything that everybody's doing mm-hmm. is not just about <laughs> features and functions, right? Yeah. We've moved to talk about outcomes and more specifically outcomes that better society and better some of the, and, and help fix some of the yeah. other problems facing yeah. humanity. I, I always say, you know, sustainability is is, is is great for the planet, but it's also good for the bottom line. Yeah, you of know, course. And I think, yeah. I think, you know, at the end, so, you know, if we could reduce energy consumption, energy waste, you know, resources waste in production facilities, and first it has to start by measuring. After measuring, getting the data and collecting the data, the second part is then being able to process that data. And every country, every business has set sustainability goals. Yeah. But 
how are they going to measure those goals? How are they going to analyze those goals? How are they going to see where they're actually? And they all have to start reporting because it's become exactly. part of not just the yeah. it's regulation, yeah, exactly. it's government policies, yeah, 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 yeah. it's you yeah. know benefits the business. So you have you know there's a financial component, all of yeah. these SOCs components, all of these things that have to happen. Yeah. So everyone's made all now. It's a question of the problem that industry has to solve is how do you measure it? Then how do you reduce optimize it and then how do you report it yes yeah. so what the other parts of our announcements were a edge as a service offering which one was sustainability was a key mm -hmm. part of it um, the other part of it was then we also call our our portfolio services one is our edge compute offering which is ntt's uh, adaptive cloud to edge hybrid platform so right. all of this data that's going to be generated you know, at the factory floor or, you know, at the city, etc., has to be collected and processed and at near the source. Yes. You don't want to send all of that data into, you know, into a cloud when it only needs to do run and analyze it and then quickly send the results or we call the metadata. Yeah. So we announced NTT's Edge as a Edge Compute Platform, which is our multi-cloud hybrid cloud Edge Platform, yeah. which is taking what NTT's been doing over many, many years in the cloud to now it's cloud agnostic, vendor agnostic. It supports, uh, it's Azure based uh, with Microsoft as well as with VMware. So we have two versions of it. We can you know, run these, you know, edge computing means a lot of things to people what edge is, but it's really you know, computing capability kind of similar to the cloud, but now running you know, near where the near data sources are. I mean, it could be any type of yeah. device. It could be a, a server in a yeah. compute server at the edge. So all of these things. So we've really launched that. That's great. Um, really excited about that. We have tremendous feedback from you know, everyone with, yeah. the, with the volume of interest that we've seen. Yeah. Um, and then also our, our private uh, 5G network, mm -hmm. uh, which we announced last year and then our sustainability. So really excited. We were basically packaging what, all of these into what we call edge as a service. That those, you know, driving yeah, yeah. those outcomes. Yeah. Because the way I always look at edge is it's not a new technology, it's a location. Yes, right. absolutely. So you're taking that stuff, like you said, closer to where it needs to be. Right. And, you know, we talked about it, enabling driverless cars that need less than five milliseconds of latency. Right. right. Enabling right. those healthcare remote operating uh, right. procedures. Right. Right. Sometimes uh, a little bit further out. Yeah, think, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I saw a demonstration oh, I in Seattle and I was like, oh, oh, oh wow, yeah. you know, I've spoken to a healthcare. Yeah. IoT specialist this week who said, yeah, yeah, this is what we're working on right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But it needs that edge infrastructure, Absolutely. right, yeah. uh, to, yeah. to enable it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and of course, I mean, edge is the the gateway between the physical world and the virtual world, and yeah. it's a very, very important piece of uh, solution. Mm -hmm. And without edge, it's very difficult to kind of, you know, really deliver certain outcomes, especially if you need a real-time action and which you cannot wait for the data to go to the cloud and take it, uh, you know, action yeah. there and then come back to the physical world. Yeah. yeah, it plays an important role. I like that. Yeah. I, like I like that analogy as well, yeah. the gateway yeah. between the virtual and the physical. That is yeah. such yeah. a great, yeah. I've yeah. never heard that before. You should like, you should trademark that, okay? I love that, I'm gonna use that if you that's know, okay with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what came into my mind? Remember Stargate? 
yeah. that science fiction, which was that bridgeway. Right? I know. That's such a great. I love it. Okay. We're, we're doing. We quoted this term bridge. Yeah. It's yeah. the gateway. We're doing some marketing brainstorming <laughs> here. I love it. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah exactly. um, so listen, guys. I've uh, we're, we're almost out of time. I've really enjoyed speaking with you guys. It's been a fascinating discussion. We finish now with our TGI to go quickfire round. You may have heard it if you were listening to our sure. previous guest. This is a bit of fun, multiple choice. I'll ask you both the same questions. You give me your preference, and it just helps our listeners understand uh, our guests a little better. And also, it just means we end we end with a bit of a, right. a high note, a bit of good, fun. Good, good. TGI to go. Okay, so first question, Palm. I'll ask you: Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin? I've got to choose Dean Martin on that. Okay, that's good. Oh, I love to go the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we had Frank here this week, actually. And you'll notice there's a certain. And it's only because he was, just, he was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tried. was cool. Wasn't he was when I was yeah. young. I was wearing, yeah. you know, that that look, slick hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chinese food or Italian food? Uh, Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Chinese, because just the. You know, I can make it as spicy as I want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had a chance to enjoy some of the restaurants and uh, eateries in Las Vegas this week. Uh, yeah. The one thing I noticed is that expensive, right? But, uh, there's some amazing restaurants here. This has elicited some strange responses this week. People have looked at me rather strange. Singing or dancing? Uh, I like go ahead. singing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I will choose dancing because my singing is terrible. Okay. And my dancing is not too bad, but at least I could make a fake it. I can't <laughs> the fake singing. So. Roulette or craps? Now, I've got to admit, I don't gamble. I don't play any of the, any of the, the gaming here in, in Las Vegas, but it's a Vegas question. Uh, I'll say crap because yeah. at least there's a chance I never win a roulette. <laughs> uh, none of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and country-wise, Japan or Italy? I'm biased. I'm going to go with Japan. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah. of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Japan, yeah. That, that's, oh. that's a career choice that you have to make on that question, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. And, and being both Canadian, right? We're, you know, we, I'm in Vancouver, so ah. very close. But I was in Italy just, uh, okay. and I had, it just after, it was my first vacation spot since ah, the, right. after things opened up. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, it was beautiful. Like, I mean, uh, really enjoyed the food yeah. and everything you said. I was like, yeah. I think I must have came back like 10 pounds heavier. I used to go to Korea. I've never been to Japan. I used to work in South Korea a lot at LG yeah. Electronics. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you're both based in Canada? No, I'm in Canada. Okay. Um, I'm based in Plano, okay. Texas. Oh, yes. right. Excellent. Okay, uh, great. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed meeting you guys, and we could speak for hours and hours, and I, I'm glad you've had a great week. Your announcements have been very prominent. I've really enjoyed speaking to you. I have a new marketing phrase now. I hope yeah. you don't mind if I use that internally. Absolutely. Uh, Please, uh, before you copyright that or paint it. Uh, uh, <laughs> I love that. I, yeah, that's I think it's really great. Uh, so, Grant, thank you very much for joining the Great Indoors, guys, and hopefully we'll see you next year. What a great episode, and, and I think this particular topic we will continue to talk about uh, as we move forward in the future. We've only just begun on bridging that divide, and it's great to hear uh, what some of the companies in this domain are doing to, to, to bridge that. So stay tuned for more, and also check out amdocs.com forward slash the great indoors for more information, back episodes, and videos associated with TGI. I'm Matthew Roberts in Las Vegas for Amdocs and I'll see you next time wherever you are.